Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by ProAmSports.ca. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for any brand in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. 106 Edmonton Hour number two of Oilers Now in this hour, which is brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. Chad uses Digitex for their copiers and printers. Their service is excellent. In this hour, Mark Spector, Stoffer Inspector for Horse Racing Alberta Live Racing, Saturday afternoons at Northlands Park. We'll tell you that guests on the show receive gift certificates to Japanese Village, three locations, downtown Southside and Northside. At 135 today, Chris Mason from the uh, Preds Television Broadcasts, and, uh, and we'll have a conversation with Darnell Nurse as well. All right, without further ado, off to our River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline. Double duty for spec this week. Mark, how you doing? Oh, pretty good. Bobby, How uh, I want to say you did a real good job uh, emceeing and uh, asking questions on G. Bettman this morning. That was a nice event. Uh, now, did, were, were the right questions asked, you think? Oh, yeah, I think so, you know, other than... Uh, no, I can't think. I, I really can't think of anything that didn't get asked. It's funny because Bettman's the kind of personality where if you two are sitting together in Calgary, it's a pretty controversial. It could be a very controversial interview. But you're sitting together in Edmonton, where everything's hunky dory from the commissioner's perspective. So I'm not sure there was really a you know a tough Edmonton question to be asked for Gary. Is that fair? Well, and uh, I, I think Mark, as you know, I mean, I was. Uh, you know what side of the ledger I fell on in terms of Rogers Place and Ice District, and uh, it has come to fruition here. And conversely, in and it, lots of things work to its advantage, right? I mean, Gary refuses to take a lot of credit for assisting at brokering the deal between Stephen Mandel and City Council and the Cates Group. But if you talk to some of the people that were involved in those organizations uh, representing the two parties, they tell you Larry or uh, Gary Bettman was critical in, uh, in that deal ultimately getting consummated. Oh, no question about it that, you know, I mean, this is what he does, right? Gary Bettman's job is to facilitate for 30 or 31 owners furtherment of their investment in an NHL hockey team. That's really what he does. He is there to make things better for the um, for the 31 owners. So, you know, he did that in Edmonton. He, he does that in other places where they need a ring. He'll be the middleman. He'll be the bad guy. He'll issue the threats. He'll stroke the right people. He knows what he's doing because he's done it in every town. And he was successful in Edmonton, uh, you know, in pulling the sides together through some pretty tough times. It took like five years. But they pulled it off here, and he had a lot to do with it. And I think his challenge in Calgary may be a little deeper, Bob. Oh, I would agree. It it is a challenge. Well, it's completely different. I mean, 
Uh, not that there was any federal or even provincial support, but let's not forget the Conservatives provincially were in power and federally in power. Now we have the Liberals in power, the NDP in power provincially. And you got Mandel, who, you know, steered things from a, a business perspective, and he wanted the deal for the building. And I don't think we can say that about Mayor Nenshi at this. And, and the other thing is, Edmonton's downtown did need to be revitalized. Calgary's in a little bit different situation, are they not, Mark? Oh, that, that to me is the biggest thing. It's not about whether Mandel wanted it as much as Nenshi wanted it. Edmonton needs it. Edmonton needed it. Edmonton's downtown is absolutely in need of that revitalization you're talking about, whereas Calgary's isn't, you know? Calgary has had, before the oil fell through a little bit, a far more vibrant downtown. The, the general need for the arena isn't as strong civically and on a wide-reaching basis in Calgary. We all know our downtown needed a shot in the arm, Bob. Everybody knew it. We saw what it might be able to do. Frankly, it's it's far exceeded what most of us thought this new rink would do downtown. It was just something that, that was worth it. And I'm telling you right now, the money they spent, the, you know, closing in on $300 million or whatever they spent, take the last $300 million Edmonton spent on its downtown and tell me if it was as well spent as it was on this rink. That's the best money they ever spent in their downtown was building this rink. I'm here to tell you I lived here 52 years. They couldn't have spent a better dollar on their downtown than building Rogers Place. And so they've done pretty well by it here in Edmonton. Calgary obviously presents a different challenge. Mark, you had an interesting, you know, because the perspective of people out there is Gary's the bad guy on the Olympic discussion. Now, I have some empathy for the position that the National Hockey League is in on the Olympics. I don't think it's just, a, you know, the naysayers will be, oh, it's just, it's all, it's all about a, a control issue moving forward in the next CBA. I, I kind of empathize with the position the league is in. I'd like to get your perspective. Well, I've covered uh, four Olympic Games, and uh, I have, a, you know, covered a bunch of track and field. I got a bit of an idea about the IOC and, and those, that kind of, level of, of sports um, legislation. And uh, to me, watching what's going on in the NHL through five Olympics that they've attended, the IOC is a bad partner. You know, here's a, here's a classic example. A girl on our website only yesterday wrote a piece on the anniversary of the Crosby Golden Goal. And she wrote a lovely piece. And, and Sportsnet.ca, when you write a piece on a goal, you get video of that goal. But here's a goal scored by an NHL player in an NHL rink in front of NHL refs in the 2010 Olympics at Vancouver. And Sportsnet, which is a, a bona fide NHL partner, as everybody knows, we can't even run a clip of that goal to run alongside our writer's piece on that goal. That's how propi- proprietary the IOC is. They don't give the, the NHL doesn't have the rights to use that goal in video and to, to, you know, Sidney Crosby's golden goal, they can't even touch it. And to me, that's a small example of how the IOC wants to use all the amenities of the NHL and get all the great players and the refs and the building, all that stuff. But no, the NHL can't have any rights to use the actual footage. That's just not fair. So I wouldn't want that guy as my partner either, Bob. I'd have kicked him out of my team a long time ago. And so do you think Gary made the right decision then? Yes, absolutely. After going to the to the Olympics for five in a row, and and looking across at your partner, 
and finding out that they're still as poor a partner as the IOC is. If I was Gary Bettman, I probably wouldn't have gone to the fourth Olympics, frankly. Oh, there you go. Mark Spector joining us. Stoffer Inspector for Horse Racing Alberta. So, Gary talked a bit about the Olympics. We hit on, uh, you know, the ice district, the impact here. Uh, he also talked a bit about the state of the game and the tremendous young players, and he made a really interesting uh, point, I-, I thought, Speck, about the competitiveness in the league. What was the term that he used? Because, uh, it, you know, it, it, there was a time in which you had to water down the opposition skill pre-cap world because you had some teams, you know, like the Oilers, as an example, when Kevin Lowe was the GM of the team from 2000 to 2005, uh, for those four years, not including the lockout year in 0405, the Oilers were in a position where they were playing with a third of the payroll of Detroit and Dallas during that time. And so you have no choice but to, you know, go to a, a trap. And, and Edmonton was one of the last teams to kind of move to variations of that. And one of the things that Gary said is that, hey, you know, we have a salary cap in the league and it disperses the talent better. Do you agree with that? Was there some legitimacy to that perspective? Listen, there's no question that, that you know, I was here in the 90s when whenever the Oilers had a good player, you know, they groomed up Dougie Waite, and then when he got to be a UFA, he left because the Oilers couldn't afford him. Curtis Joseph, Bill Garrett. That's just how the game was played. I mean, there was a small fish, and there was about six big fish in the league that sucked up all the good players. And, you know, the, the opposite side of that. So now we have parity, or, or what, what did Gary like to call it? Competitive balance. He did not like the term parity, did he, Mark? He doesn't like the term parity. He likes competitive balance. But the off, offshoot of it now is there's no such thing as a dynasty, right? There's no great dynastic teams anymore. Pittsburgh, maybe they're shooting a hole in this theory. But generally speaking, uh, you know, look at Chicago. Every time they won a cup, they had to dismantle their team. So... I don't know which way you like it, but certainly for me, I like the fact that today there's 30 teams, 31 teams, that should have a proper chance to build a cup winner. It's not just based on geography and what you can charge for a ticket. And it's ironic how the worm has turned now that Edmonton's in this new building here in Rogers Place uh, on that front as well, uh, because the Oilers are now considered a half-franchise in the National Hockey League, given that they have can, uh, full control of the building. Mark Spector, Stoffer Inspector for Horse Racing Alberta, live racing Saturday afternoons at Northlands Park. Mark, we have the National Predators in town. The Oilers coming off a game of which, uh, against San Jose. Matt Benning, and we had Louis DeBrusque on, and it was a heated conversation at times. Um, we subsequently found out, you know, I mean, good for Benning for sticking him up against himself uh, against Evander Kane. We found out later that Darnell Nurse engaged Kane in a conversation. That's as far as Kane wanted to go. Very quiet game in the third period for Evander Kane. But there's been something missing, hasn't there, with this Oilers team literally all season in that regard? Well, you know, I want to say this. I've said this before on the show, Bob, but you could say the Oilers were, you know, they, they were been behind the trend. They got pushed around for a long time. Then when they finally got big and strong last year, now the league's getting small and fast. Yep. And you can criticize the Oilers for not spotting that trend, and that's fine. But I, I want to say that, so if, if you're... For good or for bad, if your asset is you're, you've got big, strong players who should win the physical battles, then damn it, go out and win the physical battles and be big and strong. You know, it's, it's, you've got enough problems with having bigger players in a small, fast league. That's fine. But 
if you bring out big, strong players and they don't push anyone around, they don't play physical, they don't intimidate, and they don't hit anybody, well, now what do you have? you got a bunch of slow guys skating around. So the Oilers haven't, in my eyes, last season, they played that card on a consistent basis and won a lot of hockey games because they won every physical battle. I've not seen that this year. And without that, right, in the absence of physical victories, all you see is big and slow. Lucic is the perfect example. If he's not scoring, he better be hitting or fighting. And right now he's doing nothing. Are you concerned about him? Yeah, absolutely. He hasn't scored since before Christmas. And uh, he's clearly having a, you know, the league's moving away from what he does well. And he's got to figure out how to survive in this league at $6 bucks and be an asset. Because right now he's not an asset. And there's five years left on that deal. So I think every Oilers fan is concerned. And as, certainly as an observer of this team, uh, I would think that no one suspected that he would be in this position this early in the contract. He needs to find a way to turn that thing around. Stoffer Inspector for Horse Racing Alberta. Again, live racing Saturdays, Northlands Park. Mark, the Nashville Predators. Is David yeah, Poyle. David Poyle has a chance to surpass Glenn Sather, most victories as a general manager in the NHL. Is is this the best run team in the National Hockey League? Yeah, it's, well, I, why wouldn't they be? Is there anyone better? You know, back in the days that you talked about before the salary cap, they punched above their weight every year. They always had a better team than their payroll told you they were supposed to have. Uh, and now we're into the, the cap system, which means parity, which means the best drafting and developing team is going to win. The best management team is going to win. Who's winning? Nashville's a dominant team every season because they draft and develop as well or better than anybody else. There's, how can you think there's a, a superior front office to the one David Poyle's running right now? Best top 4D in the league, uh, a guy that uh, twice has been the Vesna Trophy runner-up in goal and Pekka Rene. Um, you know, they've got tremendous depth, and Mark, they're getting the Tolvanen kid coming in after the KHL season's over as well. Like This guy was unbelievable at the Olympics. This 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 team is, you know, <laughs> it's, it's something to behold in terms of well, the amount of depth they have top to bottom in their lineup. And they don't do it with first overalls. They draft guys like Ekholm. I mean, Becker Rene, was he a sixth rounder? Eighth. Eighth rounder. Uh, we don't course. even have an eighth round anymore. <laughs> That's right. They don't even have eight rounders anymore. And there's just a, a succession of guys. And, and the other thing they do the right way is everybody runs through Milwaukee in the AHL. You don't get into the Preds lineup unless you played at least a couple of years down there. Uh, and on top of all that, the general manager, when push comes to shove, he's not afraid to trade Shea Weber for P.K. Subban. He's not afraid to make a trade that brings in Kyle Torres. Uh, you know, he can do it on every front. He drafts them, he hires the right people to develop them, and if he needs a shake-up, he's as good a trade man as there is in a game. How about this, Mark? They've had one GM and two head coaches since they came in the league. I think the Oilers had that in one season. <laughs> about five years ago. <laughs> there you go. Hey, Spec, great stuff. Thanks uh, for bringing some energy today. All right, Bobby, good to see you again, and we'll uh, look forward to it. I watched the Nashville-Winnipeg game the other night, all 60 minutes. It was maybe the best hockey game I watched all year in terms of entertainment value, so uh, don't miss the one tonight. I think that the Oilers are playing well. Nashville's really good. I think it's a good tilt coming up tonight. Let's have some fun. That's Mark Spector joining us. Stoffer Inspector again for Horse Racing Alberta Live Racing.
Saturday days at Northlands Park. And that uh, conversation took place on a River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline, 780-496-0063. They've got Larry the Cable Guy, April the 14th at the River Cree Resort and Casino. Tonight, the owners just got to get her done. You can text us at 630-630 for Westlock Ford. If you're looking for a new vehicle, go see Paul Olson at Westlock Ford. Check out their great selection today at westlockford.com. Worth the drive to get your new ride. We're on Twitter at Oilers Now. You can tweet me, Bob underscore Stoffer. When we come back, we're going to go to our Westlock Ford text line, Oh, and Brendan is going to bring us NHL today for our friends at Elite Promotional Marketing. 121 in Edmonton, this is Oilers Now. When you want to fly your Oilers colors with fan gear or outfit your fan cave, there's only one place. ProAmSports.ca. Jerseys, apparel, headwear, and memorabilia from your favorite players and teams. Whether it's the NHL, the CFL, the NFL, MLB, or more, ProAm Sports are your fan cave specialists. And if it comes with a ProAm Sports certificate of authenticity and hologram, you know it's 100% authentic, hand signed memorabilia. So no matter who you cheer for, ProAm Sports has got your guy. Visit their Edmonton showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at proamsports.ca. That's proamsports.ca. Back everybody, it's 125 in Edmonton. This is Oilers Now. We are going to go to Elite Promotional Marketing's NHL today. Elite Promotional Marketing, more than just sportswear. Back in the studio, here's Brendan Ulrich. Seven more games around the NHL tonight. Uh, we'll start with the Devils. They are in Florida. Patrick Maroon will make his New Jersey debut. He'll play on the fourth line tonight with uh, Brian Boyle and Coleman. Corey Schneider returning in goal as well for the Devils. He's been out since uh, January 23rd. Taylor Hall riding a personal 22-game point streak. The Panthers have won three straight. The Flyers red hot as well. They've won six in a row. They host Carolina tonight. Pittsburgh in Boston. Brian Gianta will debut for the Bruins tonight. Matt Murray remains out with a concussion for the Pens, as does Bergeron for the Bruins with a fractured foot. We also have Dallas welcoming Tampa Bay. Ben Bishop squaring off against his former team. Uh, Tampa Bay lost 2-1 overtime to uh, Buffalo last night. Kucherov likely out again tonight, although that hasn't been confirmed. So we'll wait and see on that front. McDonough not expected a debut for the Bolts until next week. The Wild, they've won five in a row. What about Eric Stahl? Go to break. Go to break. He's fifth uh, in the NHL in goals with uh, 33. All right. Uh, let's uh, very quickly bang off a couple texts here at 630, 630. Uh, this text out of Red Deer, keeping me honest on our Westlock Ford text line. Bob, just a couple of weeks ago, you said Tampa Bay was the best-run organization. Now you're saying Nashville is. I'm saying these two teams are meeting in the final. That's what I'm saying. Uh, no question Steve Eisenman is uh, an exceptional uh, manager. Um handled some difficult situations in his time, including uh, Jonathan Duran, and turned that into Mikhail Sergachev. And I wonder whether or not they might have another one in another year or so, Nikita Kucherov. Because as a rule of thumb, Russian players like to be getting paid. And uh, he's going to want big money. You can text us at 630-630. Bob, the Oilers need to become big, nasty, and fast like Winnipeg. It's amazing what a difference the year makes. And what's been the critical thing that jump-started a progressive step forward for Winnipeg? They had skill. They had size. They were an undisciplined team, and they couldn't get stops. And part of the reason why they were undisciplined was because they didn't get stops. Now their goalie stops the puck. Connor Hellebuck, he's a legitimate number one goaltender. Their team plays from the lead. They don't get frustrated. They don't take bad penalties. And they win hockey games. Last year, Cam Talbot... 
was terrific early. Edmonton gained some confidence. The team knew that, uh, you know, he ended up tying for the uh, league lead in wins last year. So things can change, and Winnipeg's done a much better job in special teams while the orders have cratered, and that's something everybody, uh, everybody uh, has to take ownership for. Brendan, Bob interrupted you, you. Chicago at San Jose. Brendan, did I cut you right off there? I, I apologize. Oh, yeah, there was two more games to get to, but it's all good. Well, why don't you bang off those two more games? Well, Chicago at San Jose. The Hawks, 3-7 and seven their last 10. Uh, the Sharks are two points up on the Kings for second in the Metro. And Columbus in L.A. tonight. Columbus has won two in a row. Mark Letestu, of course, scored in his Columbus re-debut on Tuesday. Tiny Ted with a terrific text. It says, Bob, is there any chance the NHL makes changes to the cap from market to market based on the amount that players are taxed? Certain clubs like Dallas and the Florida teams have a distinct negotiated advantage because they can offer players less money to take home the same amount. Tampa Bay was able to offer much less to Stamkos than Toronto would have because of this. Well, there you go. That's... um, there you go. That's that's a very interesting point. I unfortunately don't foresee that happening, but we shall see. All right, we're going to head it off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. When we come back, he is a longtime NHL goaltender, now television broadcaster, works on the Preds broadcast, Chris Mason on Oilers Now.